Good evening, rugby fans. This is the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside Rob, the Hammer Hammer Schmidt, and of course, Scott Ferrara in the background running the show. So make sure that you put forth your questions to our man of the hour. Time to introduce him. It is Dylan Audsley. Of course, you know him from down at the Legion organization. Dylan, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, boss. It's good to be on. Excited to. Uh to get to chatting yeah all right well we're excited i can see that you're pumped uh (laughs) please contain your excitement um very relaxed guy i like to keep things very chill so i like that too you know what that's why i'm here is to be able to kind of uh uh, get you out of your shell throw get a few smiles a few laughs for our fans to get to know you and of course learn a little bit more about the mlr from your point of view Uh, of course having been entrenched in it since as early as its birth really since 2018 but your career goes well before that of course being a u20 player for usa u23 select and of course, making your first cap for the USA Eagles, number 516, back when you participated in the match against Canada. And I believe stands as eight caps now for the USA Eagles. So, of course, a rich rugby resume for Dylan Audsley. But more importantly, let's hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt to learn how this run, pass, or kick interview will work. Thank you, Ty. And for those who are uninitiated, we're going to put Dylan to the run, pass, or kick challenge. It basically works like this. With each question that we ask, what are our prompt? That question with run, pass, or kick. And, of course, just like any good back, uh, Dylan has a couple of options that he can weigh uh, to kind of sidestep potentially or go right up against the challenge. The first option he can have, and he'll go ahead and let us know, is he can run with the question, which is just simply to say that he's going to go ahead and answer it straight up. He can also pass the question, which is to suggest that maybe might not want to answer that one at this time and leave it to our imagination as, as fans. Or he can go ahead and have a little fun with us and put us to the test, of course, and kick it to either one of us. And of course, if Dylan wants to direct it towards either Ty or myself, he may say so. But if not, we'll just assume whoever asked the question will be the one in which the question is kicked to. So before I ask if Dylan's ready for the challenge, I got to say, I, I, I love the Legion uh, shirt in the background. Dylan, you got the Ballast Point uh, logo there. Uh, and and by the way, I'm, I'm impressed that you got the finger direction right. I have a hard yeah. time doing that. <laughs> that. That was kind of a toss-up right there. I, I, you know, just kind of came off. So. You had you a 50 shot and you got it right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm a natural. Yeah, yeah, and you're welcome back anytime, my friend. You're welcome back anytime. But yeah, I've got the black working here, the MLR hat. Uh, you've got the black of the the San Diego Legion, and then we've got the the Dream Sickle over there. Uh, Ty, you, you're wearing some pretty nice swag I there. love this one, man. This one just arrived from uh, Shop MLR and, of course, uh, powered by the rugby shop who have treated us very well. Uh, actually, just before the show started, you guys pointed out, Scott pointed as well, a little bit of jealousy because this bling is nice. This swag is popping uh, between the hat and, of course, this uh, polo. I love the color on this. Uh, really nice and light, great material, and, you know, uh, AGs, of course, have been doing fantastic. So I yeah. thought I would take an opportunity to be able to represent them on screen here. Uh, but of course, all of this is from Shop MLR, whether it be uh, AGs or whether it be something more neutral like Rob has got with the uh, MLR gear, which is just as nice and just as good. 
uh, it really is a great option for those of you who have not yet chosen your uh, your uh, your your team just yet, or have uh, perhaps too much of one. Uh, but yeah, go check it out. Shop MLR and of course uh, the RugbyShop.com. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they were talking. Ty was talking about me, just so everybody knows. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start off this interview, the run pass kick interview, Dylan. And first and foremost, I you know usually we try to really uh, dig in deep to social media and find some things, but I got to tell you, man, you're like a locked vault. I couldn't find <laughs> I couldn't find anything on your social media that would give me any little fun. Uh, nook or cranny to dig into. Oh, that's um, good. You're gonna have more questions. So yeah, that's yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I got to tell you, that is the first question. <laughs> yeah. But I got to tell you, I think probably first and foremost on fans' minds, you had a really tough injury just a couple weeks ago. Um, I think a lot of fans want to know how are you doing, how is your rehab going, and you know, run past or kick with this one if you want to. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely run with that one. Um, I am going to be non-weight bearing for the next eight weeks. I had surgery two weeks ago now. Um, they put seven screws in there. So if you look at, I mean, they put seven screws in there, one big one across my tibia, my tibia and fibula. And um, yeah, that's, so that's holding together everything right now. And that will come out in eight weeks. And then a month after that, I'll be running and doing rehab and trying to get that movement back in my ankle. Um, and then about, Three months after that, I'll be back to play rugby. Uh, but, you know, I'm obviously like any athlete, I'm going to try and narrow that time down. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully be back in time for hopefully November test with the U.S. If I can yeah. make like squads beyond that. Um, yeah, just get back to playing rugby. But doing well in good spirits. Good. good. And and I got to say, I, I we were gutted for you. Don't get me wrong when I say this. You know, I thought it was much worse. I thought it was a knee and, you know, ACLs, MCLs take, you know, nine months to a year. Yeah. I, I mean, if if there is a silver lining, it, it's that it, the injury is going to be able to see you come back to rugby and be able to play for the November test window. So so that makes me excited to hear that news. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I did a similar injury two years ago in Toronto. Um, is I mean, it's pretty much it was the same bone. Or one of the two bones I broke this time is the same bone. Uh, so they actually had to go in and take the hardware out that I had in there from before. Um, and so it's, you know, the, the recovery this time around, I'll hopefully be more well equipped because it's kind of round two for me. Um, and I know what is required to to kind of be patient and then come back and hit right. the really hard. And that's another element of it is just you say you got to be patient, the, the, the mental uh, healing as well and you know the the psychological impact of these injuries for players is another part that's so important to the healing as well so we're gl- great to be able to hear that you're in good spirits yeah uh, you know what you're in for you've got a goal you know you're going to be back on the field hopefully this year as you said we'll possibly see you uh in the in the uh november uh, test upcoming right so that's what we all like to be able to hear is you're in good yeah. spirits and and a plan of recovery ahead yeah so I have the opportunity to, to fire the next question your way. We're going to have a little bit of fun with this one. So yeah. run, pass, or kick. What comes to your mind when you hear the name of a former teammate at St. Mary's, Holden Youngert? <laughs> I'll definitely run with that one. Just uh, you have to, right? <laughs> and Holden are very close. Uh, we talk quite a bit. And what comes to mind when I hear the name? I guess nature, because he's kind of, when we met at St. Mary's, you know, we played rugby together for four years. 
uh, I mean, we did five years actually at St. Mary's together. Um, and he kind of, we went on different like hiking and backpacking trips while I was at St. Mary's. Just, uh, you know, it's kind of a team bonding exercise. Mm-hmm. To be outdoors with that guy, he's very knowledgeable about the outdoors, the the plant growth, the the so area. What you're saying is, if you're stranded on a desert island, he's the guy you want with him. <laughs> he's one of them. He's one of them. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to back myself now because he's. Ta- I mean, he's taught me a bit, but um, yeah, we've we've done a, a few different backpacking trips together. He comes from quite a, uh, you know, a um, uh, outdoorsy family and right. Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's a great an guy. adventurous person. Yeah, adventurous. He's also, as you guys know, he's hilarious. Uh, his right. personality really comes out on the field, and he's a lot of fun to play with. Not that much fun to play against because he's <laughs> the classic knight. He's very chirpy. Yeah. He likes to uh, get in people's heads. And right, that's yeah. that's the secret weapon of every nine out there, right? <laughs> Is the yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what's what's one secret that he that he taught you? when you guys were out hiking and backpacking and, and enjoying the outdoors, one, th- one little nugget that you could pass along to our fans. That's, that's a tough one. I guess I'll run with that one if I'm running with that question as well, but he's, uh, he's quite knowledgeable about just the growth, like trees. And I mean, he'll, he'll be able to point out certain, certain kinds of trees. Like uh, don't eat this cause it's poisonous or eat yeah. it because it's good. <laughs> so he, a little bit about foraging and, um, God, what's a, a little tidbit he's taught me? Uh, actually, so I so he has a twin brother. I don't know if you guys know that. Oh, no, yeah, that's I new info. Yeah, it's non-identical, but uh, his name's Seth, and he's also a great dude. So we we actually did a six-day trip out in um, Hoover Wilderness, which is right you kind of dip down into Yosemite uh, from the north side, and we were out there, and him and his brother basically knew that we were going to come upon some wild onions, some, some spring onions out in the wilderness. And it was awesome because they knew what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually, you know, this little purple flower that you see and they picked them. We cooked them that night. We had it with rice and it was delicious. You can also oh. eat, just eat them raw. And I can tell you, if the zombie apocalypse ever comes, I'm dead. I would never be able to tell what's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I need people like that in my circle. Yeah, just give Holden a ring. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll probably have a zombie apocalypse bunker somewhere, I'm sure. (laughs) And and don't vampires beat uh, zombies anyway, so... Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the vampire nickname is one that I guess it's stuck with him for a while. I haven't heard anyone say it for a little bit, but... Well, that's how I know him uh, as a NOLA fan, as as the vampire. So, you know, we've been, you know, talking a little bit about, you know, uh, your time at St. Mary's and... Of course, uh, your time spent on and off the field with uh, Holden Younger. I want to dig into St. Mary's a little bit in your college experience. So run past your kick. You were the first ever recipient of the Rudy Schultz Award, given to the best player in college, men's player in college rugby, I should say. Uh, run past your kick. Do you have a special place in your heart for that award? Um, I'll run with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, I, I definitely have a, a special place in my heart for that award just because it's really just indicative of the program and everything it did for me. And I just grew as a person and as a rugby player. Um, and, you know, I mean, a lot of times they are, they're the same thing. And, um, you know, Tim O'Brien and the guys that I met at St. Mary's while I was there, I'll know for the rest of my life. Tim was very much so, you know, very, very important in my development as a player. 
as he has been for numerous other guys, Holden included, and Dino Waldron and guys like that. Um, and he's just he's been around the game for so long, and he, he really just cares about the grassroots of it, about taking guys that because a lot of those guys from St Mary's that go there, they're not recruited, they're not you know given scholarships to come there. There's no kind of um, recruitment process in place. But Tim takes these guys who Derek Ellingson is a guy who. When he started at St. Mary's, he plays for Utah now. Yeah. Um, when he started at St. Mary's, he hadn't really played. He hadn't played any rugby. Uh, he was a hockey guy. Um, kind of. I remember the first day he came out and started playing touch during the summer. And he's, you know, he's kind of running around like a headless chicken and didn't know what was going on. And but you could see he had some athletic ability. And that's the kind of guy that Tim will take and he'll completely change him into a very well-rounded player. I mean, Derek is like. One of those guys coming out of college who he had every yeah. game kickoff. It's a special talent to be able to have that eye to be able to spot such raw talent and then, of course, nurture it. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, definitely. And St. Mary's, as far as my education as well, was great. Um, it's a smaller school, which is something that I thrived on. It was good to get to know your teacher and, and have them, uh, you know, watching what you're doing and, and being a little more uh, detail oriented. Um, but, yeah. Nice. Can't say enough about St. Mary's. So if anyone's thinking about going to college, it's the place to be. <laughs> right. Well, these are all the experiences that help shape who you are today, right? And, you know, on that note, I'd like to dive into the next question and give you the opportunity for fans uh, to learn a little bit more about you because not only, you know, are rugby players ambassador on the field, they're also very much so off the field, which you alluded to in some of your previous experience in rugby. So with that in mind, here comes the next question, my friend. Run, pass, or kick. Recently, you posted a fundraiser for Ocean Cleanup. What drives your passion for this charity? You have to run with this one, man. <laughs> I have to run with that one. Um, just I, the outdoors is, is something. I mean, growing up as a kid in London, I, I never really had the uh, exposure to to um, the great outdoors. And, and, you know, you go to the countryside every now and then, but I was very much so a city kid. Um and going to Arizona, it kind of grew on me a little more. And then being at St. Mary's kind of opened the door to being outdoors all the time and really appreciating appreciating nature and being around the ocean or whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the ocean, ocean cleanup thing is definitely just being in San Diego and trying to keep our, our ocean and our beaches a place where everyone can go and enjoy um, and not, necess- not necessarily go and, and litter and, and and such things like that but uh yeah i mean you, you could go into depth on the environmental issues that are, that are happening right now but uh it's, it's definitely something that's close to my heart and that's something that i hopefully want to work with outside of rugby when i'm done playing rugby as well that's so cool and and i know teammate um joe peterson it does a lot of work with um you know africa conservation, with conservation. Africa, rhino yeah and, 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 you know, it, what a, what a cool, you know, cool group of, of individuals on your team that care so much about and have those passions for other things. We know David Pocock from Australia um, does, is, is the same, same way. Um, and it's so cool that you guys have these passions outside of rugby and there's a, a more layers to the onion, if you will, uh, yeah. which is always good for fans to hear about. Um, I'm going to dig into one of those layers here, my friend. So uh, run past or kick with this one. Uh, many people may not know you were an art history major at St. Mary's, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So run past or kick. Who is your favorite artist? And 
second to that, do you do any of your own work? Uh, yeah, I'll run with that one. Um, I So I used to draw and I didn't really have a medium while I was in college. I took art courses and created uh, my own little sculptures sometimes or, or pieces. Um, I remember one of them was, uh, it was very Jackson Pollock-esque. It was done last minute and I kind of just threw some paint at canvas. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 I, I mean, I, I did, uh, I really enjoyed doing it when I was there. Um, right. I haven't really used my major since I graduated, obviously, because I'm playing rugby, but yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump in on that because I find that point very interesting. And, and so I spent 10 years as an art dealer actually before this rugby thing. Uh, So this is like right up my alley. And I didn't even know that question was there, but you brought up Jackson Pollock and you know how people always say, Oh man, it's just throwing paint at a canvas. Yeah. You know, the art world is, is summed up in this manner. It's not about who can do it. It's about who did it first. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Very true. I mean, that's, um, that's, he's a, he was a very troubled man, but uh, right. a lot of them seem to be. So I think that adds to part of why I love doing art history and studying it was the people behind the art. Right. Um, the story. Like yeah. Just so troubled, but interesting. And like he poured his, poured his uh, heart and soul into something creative, which is, I mean, to me, the same thing any athlete does as well. Um, you know, you see the personality comes out in the field and, and, yeah, right. But uh, my favorite artist was part of that question. Yeah, uh, it's I, I I've always loved Edward Hopper. Oh uh, yeah, he does the yeah, Nighthawks and, and and such. Uh, my thesis I actually wrote about Asian contemporary art, so I wrote about mm-hmm. Ai Weiwei, um, Nam June Pike, who does the TV Buddha. I don't know if you guys know about that, but. Uh, yeah, I, it's definitely it's it's a passion of mine that's just kind of like on the back burner right now. You know, it's, it's kind of I love to go to a new gallery in every city I'm in. Or, um, well, luckily enough, that's a passion you can always yeah. find a way to return to at any stage in your life. Exactly. And and Dylan, I live in Chicago, so anytime you come to Chicago, you let me know. I'll be happy to go around the art museum. I'm not a very good artist, but I absolutely love. Uh, to enjoy good art. So uh, you're yeah. welcome to Actually, Chicago anytime. Artists are often the worst people to go to museums with. <laughs> you know, those, uh, they, they're, they're always the, the critiquing it too often, but you know, it's, it's, it's fun. I'm sorry. I'm just teasing. I'm just going off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> I could have another chat about that with you oddly uh, on another occasion, because that is interesting for me. And it's a passion of mine as well that I, I put aside for the moment, but hopefully we'll return to. And I wanted to be able to return to, uh, to the next line of questioning here as well. So, um, this, we're, we're going to, we're going to, it's, it's an art, I suppose, of some form, uh, more of the, the hair design aspect of art. So run, pass or kick a little bit of fun here. Um, you know, the dreads is such a defining look for players in the league. Who has the best dreads? Is it you, Connor or, uh, Connor Cook or, uh, Charles Wengelewski? Who would you say? <laughs> so funny, actually. So I'll run with that as well. So chance actually, I had, so I had dreads in college and I did those myself, you know, just kind of back comb the hair and I did them myself. And then uh, when I, I met Chance during the Eagles, when we were together with the Eagles, and he actually, my hair wasn't really long enough the second time around to, to do it. I was just so impatient. I wanted the dreads back. And so he was actually with me. I think we were in Uruguay with the selects and he 
actually did my dread. So he actually. He, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So he he was the artist behind my uh, behind this creation. So does that make him the winner of this title? I I, had a, I mean Connor has some very nice dreads, and I think someone told me that his whole family has dreads as well. So oh. I mean, it's it's a tight There's race. There's a legacy there. <laughs> Connor's a very long, and uh, I, I go with Connor on that one. Gotcha. There you have it. Well, you and Chance must get along pretty well. You both like the dredge. You both kind of are, are very much into art, art majors in college. So it must be uh, that would be an, a, a kind of fun evening to sit around a campfire. And he likes to be outdoors too, to sit around a campfire and chill and talk about. Um, all that, uh, all that fun stuff, dreads and art. And yeah, Charles is just—he's just a great dude. He's a great dude to be around. And if you're interested in art or don't have dreads, he's just a great dude to be around. Like, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. By that. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, he went to Lindenwood, so uh, I, I like that. But you know, uh, yeah, I, you, yeah. you won't hold it against him, right? Hey, I think we're going to go to a fan question here, Dylan. Yeah. Uh, Scott is indicating that we've got a, a question from a fan. He's going to post it. There you go. What brought you to the United States? So it's a long, longer story, but essentially I have U.S. citizenship through my mother. Um, that was one of the first things she did. She grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and she once my parents split when I was 13. Um, and we moved with my mom to the States shortly after that. Uh, my dad lives in, in Manchester now, but um yeah, it kind of it, it wasn't a decision for me. It was it was a family decision, and yeah, we have. I mean, my mom has five brothers and sisters all over the United States, so she's got two brothers in Arizona. Um, so that's why we ended up moving out there initially, and then from there, it was just it was kind of a no brainer to go for my mom to go to San Francisco because she just loved the city, she loved the people out there, and um, she's been there since. So. Yeah. So out of curiosity, this is uh, on the back of that. I mean, obviously you're, you know, for those who aren't aware, London, England is your, your, your birth home. Uh, but of course you've made the United States your home now. So where did you first pick up the rugby ball? Uh, in England. Yeah. So my dad went to um, quite a well-known uh, boarding school back home called Sedba. Uh, so he, when he left Sedba, he played for, I mean, still when it was amateur, but he played for Saracens, went to Racing and, kind of traveled around and played rugby wherever played for, I think it's Winslow it was really good back in the day. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I, I actually, it's a funny story how I started playing rugby because I was a football fan or soccer fan from, you know, from when I could, my early, okay. no one's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm still like, I'm a diehard Leeds fan. I'm surprised I don't have Oh, man, yeah. that must be hard being a Leeds fan. No, it's been a hard 16 years. I was, I was <laughs> there for the last, uh, the last home game at Ellen yeah. Road. When we, at least we know you're loyal and just, yeah, that's, I mean, you got to be loyal to be a Leeds fan. I'm sorry, we get, we digress again. Continue with your story. No, that's right. Um, God, where was I? So I was at, what was the question again? <laughs> I'm sorry, I completely the first, the first opportunity to get involved in rugby. Yes. Oh yeah. So basically, my dad uh, bribed me with a pair of, um, I think so grips. Like if you, if you play soccer on AstroTurf, you get a pair of grips. So I just we were at some sports store, and I was like, Dad, can I please get these? And I was about eight years old, um, and he was like, I'll get them for you if you come to rugby training on Sunday because he was coaching it. He was still coaching at that point. Um, and so I went down to Finchley RFC, which was one of our local clubs. And 
yeah, I'd never look back. I played with the year above my first year and, uh, yeah, just never looked back from then. It was kind of fell in love with it. Love it. Cool. So um, now let's get in a little bit more MLR talk because, uh, uh, you know, our fans uh, that pay attention to the rugby rant and um, to the um, to the MLR fan zone uh, very much follow all the teams. And so run, pass, or kick, the Legion were faced with some pretty significant challenges to start this 2021 season. Playing at Vegas, of course, and uh, new co-head coaches – have either of these had an impact on the results this season? It's been a pretty challenging season as compared to the truncated 2020 season. So, yeah, you go right into the thick of it there. This is this would be an easy <laughs> one an easy one to pass, but I'm, I'll run with it. Um, I think there's definitely – it's always going to affect what happens on the field if there's uh, adversity off it, right? Um, and I think just the past three years here, we've had a great formula as far as – Getting getting the job done. I mean, we haven't always maybe we've been lucky on a couple of ta- a couple of occasions to get those wins. Um, but I think this year, you know, we, we're kind of starting new with a new coaching setup. Um, we were in a new city for the most part yeah. at the start of the season. A lot of traveling, which I don't think in past years we've, we've done that much traveling that that often at the start of the year. Um, and it kind of you know, missing some characters as well from past years. It kind of, it's just the perfect storm, you know. It, it just uh, it happened to just affect our, our performances on the field, I think. I mean, and this is just my opinion. Um, and, you know, you can analyse it any way you want, but ultimately we're, we're still trying to put the big picture together and get this ship moving again. Um, obviously, we're still not playing on our home field. Um, we're still trying to, I, we will eventually be playing there, but um, yeah. The, the, and then it's, you go with the injuries as well. Like Nate, yeah. Oxford, you're going down. He's such an integral part of the leadership group. Um, you know, Joe being out because of COVID and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's been kind of a knock on effect of, of sorts. Um, and then the other thing is that the teams have really gotten the recruitment right and the tactics, right. Um, and it's just come at a time where we are still figuring out who we are. I think as within a, like kind of a, a vision for the team, we're still um, still building upon what we want here, uh, which I have I have all the faith in the world that Zach and Scott and the and the leader lead our leadership group and um, our ownership and, and everyone is going to figure it out eventually because it has we've we've been a family through these part these past four years it's really been like a family uh, uh environment here and i think it, it will only be a matter of time before we get back to uh our winning ways <laughs> yeah it, it'll be good to see when that happens i mean there was a lot of pressure obviously coming off the 2020 truncated season on san diego and that's it's pretty tough you guys were undefeated last season uh, until the stoppage and and that put a lot of pressure on the team and the coaches and the and the boys I'm sure so um hats off to you guys for working through it and hopefully you can to um uh, to ch- to challenge uh LA uh yeah. your state your state yeah. rivals there definitely um we're going to go ahead and pay some bills here and so I'd like to talk about Tighthead Brewing Company at Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons located in Mundelein Illinois in the heart of Lake County Owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can socialize, meet, and enjoy 
the action of every major league rugby derby that will electrify the 2021 season. The watch parties will happen every week through the season up to the major league rugby final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. So um, on the heels of, of our tight head ad, we want to go ahead and uh, do a, a change up the pace a little bit with what is called the quick taps. We're going to throw two choices at you. You tell us which one you'd prefer. Uh, and if you want to elaborate on them, go right ahead. Um, that's okay. I'm sure the fans would enjoy that a little bit. Uh, but you can't run, pass, or kick. So you got to answer these. You've got to make a choice. Only run. And, and well, <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, maybe the two weeks off here has, has made Dylan really hungry to run because so far he hasn't kicked or passed at all. He's yeah. just taken everyone at pace. Yeah, I'm, so. never, I'm never backing down again. I'm just going straight. <laughs> <laughs> straight every time. Well, we, of course, like that. So, all right. Off week Sunday chill, beer or coffee? Ooh, beer. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a preference? I actually don't drink coffee. I, I tend to just drink tea now because I – because you're proper you're British in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone says, but it's actually like I used to drink coffee and then I just found it more beneficial for me to not be so caffeinated, high, you know, caffeinated during the day and kind of get my energy naturally now. And right. So, but I mean, you know, let's say we were going to go to the, you came into Chicago, we we're going to go to the Art Institute and there's a couple different restaurants around there. You know, if you had a go to beer, what would it be? Oof. Uh, I. <laughs> I feel inclined to say a ballast point. But... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's Fair not enough. a setup. I swear Fair it's enough. not a setup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I probably have to go with any Mexican lager. I just love, I love all those, those beers. The Mexican lagers are probably my favorite. All right. Nice. I like a Modelo every once in a while myself. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, weekend getaway, beach or wine country? Beach. All right. Um, artist, Van Gogh or Picasso? Van Gogh. All right. Better roommate, Wuching or Augsburger? Ooh. Can't <laughs> <laughs> pass, can't kick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go Nate. We'll go Nate Augsburger. He's a great dude. We ha- we had him on the show. Yeah. Uh, we love we love his his products that he's doing, product to rugby. Uh, super upbeat and positive first. We were gutted to hear about his injury. Yeah, so. yeah. Just it's a tough one for the team and for uh, fans of USA rugby for sure. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Last one. Um, you seem to get acclimated to California, so this might be a tough one for you. California delicacy: fish tacos or avocado toast? Fish tacos, definitely. All right, that's my man. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's take the opportunity here to be able to turn our attention back to the Legion. So, yeah. with that in mind, run, pass, or kick. The Legion have some of the most exuberant fans in Major League Rugby. Great reputation so far, and I'm sure it will continue. In fact, the cohort is a bit of the, uh, the, uh, you know, the personalities, a bit of the Comic-Con style theme dress uh, coming in there. How much did you guys feed off the fans in 2019 and 2020? Um, and have the boys felt a loss of not having fans, uh, this fan base, on their side at home, mat- home matches? Run past or kick? I'll, I'll definitely run with that one. We, you know, we love our fans, and it's it's always awesome to be at Torero, uh, even just purely because after the games in past years, at least, um, I'm not sure if they'll continue doing this, but they'll allow fans down onto the field afterwards, mm-hmm. and you get to meet great people, like just just awesome people who are genuinely 
really excited to meet you. Really excited to just have a chat and, and be around the sport in general. And then, Especially the kids, I imagine. Yeah, and the, and the kids are just, you know, obviously cute and they come on onto the field and they ask you to sign things and you get to feel like a superstar at the same time. They get to they get to come down onto the rugby pitch with a professional game that they've just watched, which I don't, right. think, I don't know where else you can do that. But um, It's truly one of the most unique aspects, and I've, I've said this several times on, on the Rugby Rand podcast, unique that rugby gives you access to players like that. You won't see it in other professional sports in the American landscape, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're almost the untouchables, you know, the celebrities, and you don't have that access. But rugby – it's all about that. It's all about connection and connecting with the community. And, uh, you know, experiences like that can be, you know, altering for, for a young child. I'm sure that, you know, I had experiences like that. You must've had one similar to that where you had that, that moment where you looked up to a player that you, uh, you know, looked up to and, you know, had the opportunity to meet them perhaps. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, it's so important for us to engage with the youth rugby players in any of our areas. Like, um, in this league because that's ultimately we want to leave this team in a better place. Yeah. But then we also want to grow to the game to the point where, you know, the next Rudy Scholes award winner right. comes in place for the Legion and he's three times as good as I ever was, you know, and it's, that's kind of. That's where the progress we all need in rugby. Exactly. And that's where we just want the sport to, to go. And I think it's on that trajectory and, and seeing the fans just around San Diego really engage with the sport is it's just awesome, and uh, there's so much more to come as well. So, so on, as an aside, Dylan, I got to say, so uh, it, it kind of an interesting side story, but I'll tie it into where you're going. So, um, one of my Facebook friends was a, a friend of mine from high school, Jennifer Schmidt Cook. Shout out to her. Her son goes to St. Augustine High School there in San Diego, and um, I happened to see passing through. She had her son at, at a rugby game, and I said, "Oh my God, you know, I'm I played rugby and I'm." do the, the show and I follow the MLR and you got to check out the San Diego lead. And she's like, we already have, we love going to the games. The guys are awesome. The, the, the boys are so good to my, my kids when, you know, we go down on the field and, and uh, just to, just to hear that uh, the love of rugby is spreading amongst the youth players and it spread through you guys is such good news. Um, so c- congrats to you and the boys for, for doing that. And um Growing the game, because because that's what we like to do here at the Rugby Brand is grow the game one fan at a time. And that's how you do it, right? Absolutely. And don't forget that you can like and follow us and yeah. subscribe <laughs> Ding. under the handle at Rugby Rand Pod. <laughs> so on with the next question, Dylan. Uh, run, pass, or kick. The Legion welcomes some pretty well-known talent in 2021, most notably Chris Robshaw and Cecil Africa. A run, pass, or kick. What kind of influence have they had on the Legion? Yeah, I'll run with that one. Um, it's just, it's awesome to get any kind of international experience on the team. I mean, Chris is a guy that he comes in and I, I mean, I was at the World Cup in uh, 2015 when it was in England, um, which was while I was still in university. And uh, I got to watch the US play, but one of the games that I, you know, paid my own money to go and see was, was going to watch England at, at Twickenham, obviously, didn't end well, but uh, that's a guy that I've paid to go and watch because he like that team meant so much to me growing up. Um, and you know, it's it's real special to to meet the guy and be able to play alongside him, albeit for just the one game so far. But um, yeah, it, it the, the wealth of experience that comes from him, Cecil. I could talk about. He's just he's an awesome guy. He's he's got all the energy you want from a rugby player. Um, 
obviously a, a wealth of experience as well. And he put, genuinely, when he plays in the field, you can see he's playing because he loves the sport. Um, and talking to him about his upbringing and and uh, you know what kind of what makes him tick, um, he's he's definitely he's been a role model of mine. But he's even more so now after you spend more time with him, just as a man, because he's a. Uh, He's so they're just exceptional individuals, and the same thing went for Mar last year, you know. Um, and you kind of you meet these guys, but you have them on a pedestal before you meet them, and then you meet them, and you realise they're, they're rugby players just like me, and they're regular guys just like me, and you know there's things that make them tick, and you know things they don't like, and things they do like, and um, yeah, it's it's always it's amazing that the kind of talent we've been able to attract here, and it's I'm very very thankful to have to to get to share. The practice practice field and and the, the, the game 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 pitch with them as well. Right, and one of the things you spoke about there is the level of experience that they bring with them. So I want to be able to focus on that theme for a moment and lead into the next question from that springboard. Uh, so with experience, and we talk about in particular coaching experience. The name that has to be on the tip of everybody's tongue is Eddie Jones is one of those pillars of great coaching standards, right? So with Eddie Jones being included in uh, a lot of the, the activities around Legion as a consultant role in the coaching, here lies the question, what kind of influence has Eddie Jones had on the season, run, pass, or kick? So I'll run with that one, but uh, I'll give you this answer. I don't really know. Because uh, we don't, we haven't interacted with them face to face yet as players. So okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know if if that question was directed at Zach Test or, or Scott, they'd be able to answer. Well, that. you know, there's value in that answer as well because mm-hmm. the general fan only has the news that was first released that right. Eddie Jones is going to participate in in a coaching uh, role. Um, Howard was defined, wasn't really quite clearly uh, understood by everybody because it was still during very much the height of the pandemic as, you know, everything was up in the air, but it was going to be a distant role, a, a telecast type scenario. Um, and they, they didn't know how much or if any interaction he would have with the players um, or whether it would be just through the coaches. So to better frame the question, from your experience right now, what have you seen? And the answer would be, well, not not a lot because that's more with the coaching staff is your answer, right? Right, exactly. I think, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I don't 100% know, but I'm assuming that he's uh, providing. So you've never had this on the field. So Eddie said. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, haven't had that yet. Um, <laughs> and, I, I, you know, Zach and Scott are, are great coaches in of themselves. And um, I'm sure whatever... Whatever Eddie up as much as they can gather, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As, as whatever Eddie is bringing to the table, I'm sure they are sponging it up. You know, they're just right. of it, and and um, it's trickling down to us. So, so, so let's move forward and talk a little bit about uh, general MLR. Um, LA seems to be one of the likely semifinalists. I mean, I think they have 30 points. Uh, this week and on the other side of the table, the next closest team, I think, has 16 points or something or 17 points, something like that. So they're really setting a standard, if you will. Um, so here lies the question, run past or kick. Um, obviously, you're going to say San Diego is going to be one of the other semifinalists playing L.A. So my question is, who's coming in from the east? What are the two teams that are in the semifinal? OK, I'll run, I'll run with that one. Um 
I, I, I'd like to say I think Nola will, will come good and they'll be in one of those spots. <laughs> yeah, big fan there. And then uh, I think the other one, it's hard between New York and Toronto, but uh, I think after watching, I've watched a couple of New York games since I've been injured and I, th- I think that they'll, by the end of the season, they'll be, uh, they'll be up there in top spot. Um, just because I think the the nine ten combination they have right now, as well as their forward pack, they've got great players there. But um, the wealth of experience in that in those decision making roles, I think, will be very very beneficial for them. You just made Mister Scott Ferrara super happy. You can see his comment on screen. Like you're his new best friend because you said <laughs> Rooney. <laughs> so just so all the fans know, if if Dylan is right and he is the Svengali and gets this right. There will be no Rugby Rant podcast the week after the semifinal uh, because Scott and I will not be able to stand each other. (laughs) There you go. Uh, All fair in rugby, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, Dylan, uh, we're coming closer towards the end of our our, our, uh, episode here. So I want you to have that thought in your mind before we head on out thinking about who you're going to give that shout-out to. But before then, we got a couple of more questions lined up. So – with me taking the uh, the reins on this one, run, pass, or kick, how do you think the moving of the MLR schedule moving forward will impact the international players uh, for USA and, you know, selection and, of yeah, course, yeah. Uh, Canada as our, as our counterpart? Uh, yeah, I'll run with that one. I think that the the current setup with Gary and Hugh and, and the guys who are kind of working with the MLR around those, those topics, I think they have the best interests at heart for, for American rugby players. And I think they're doing a great job to try and move us forward out of what hasn't been a great transition period after the World Cup um, with US rugby going bankrupt and everything. Um, I think that there are things in, in motion to kind of set up the year so that American rugby players and guys who play for the US can play the whole year for their clubs I'm like, it probably won't be like that this year, maybe not next year, but things are in motion for us to be able to play MLR and then go maybe straight into June tests or ARC um, and then November tests as well after that with a short break in between uh, and then straight back into MLR. And I think that the biggest thing for us, especially as an American rugby player, you want to be playing high-level competition consistently. Right. With mm-hmm. the flux of, of foreign talent that's come into the league recently, it's increasingly harder to get game time every week consistently. Um, and for the guys that are getting that game time every week, I think they'll tell you they, they can see themselves getting better leaps and bounds. Um, and then you add on top of that caps for the US outside of the regular season. And I think that's that's when you'll see the most growth within, um, within the, the American team. So um, thank you. Then my mate Chris Cobb, he he was a prop. Uh, I played behind him as a lock and a and a um, and a flank. So uh, thanks for watching, Cobber. I love you, brother. Um, last question uh, for you, Dylan. And this is a tough one. So I so if you need to take a moment to reflect and think a little bit, that that's okay because I I created a tough one here for you. Run past your kick. It seems like the Eagles are trying desperately to get some internationals this summer and in the fall. Discussions were thrown around about South Africa, England, uh, the Lions, and, of course, New Zealand. Nothing concrete has been sorted out. As an Eagle, 
what would be the ideal competition schedule in 2021 as we kind of try to get back out of this pandemic? Um, yeah, I'll run with that one as well. I think the ideal schedule, uh, we obviously have to have the World Cup qualifiers coming in November or around that mm-hmm. time. Like it's, it's just that that's obviously really important that we qualify for the next World Cup. Outside of that, you do want to play the best competition. So it's not surprising that we're trying to get games with South Africa, New Zealand or, or England, whoever, whoever it might be. Um, I think it's, it's important to get at least one or two games against really high-level competition because when you are out there on the field as a player, you do get to see, okay, this is where I need to be at. Um, this, is the le- this is the standard that we need to be at in order to, to upset people at the next World Cup. Um, and you can see Japan doing it, and th- those, you know, Japan has come on leaps and bounds mm-hmm. even since they just, even since they upset South Africa in 2015, they've come a long, long way, um, and they were phenomenal in the last World Cup. And hopefully, you know, down the line, we can, we can get the World Cup in the U.S. and have some major upsets, upsets here. Um, but yeah, it's the schedule. You know, that's I guess that's for uh, the higher ups to consider. But it would be, or it's always as a player, you want to look at the schedule and be like, "Wow, we're going to play the best in the world." So, so let me follow up and let me ask this. Maybe this is a more fair question for you. Let's say, um, let's say you were good to go and ready to play for the United States. As uh, as you know, as one to represent your country, who, which team would you rather play if you had to pick from? South Africa, England, the Lions, New Zealand, or Ireland has been talked about this week. You, you could play one of them. Which is the one you'd say, that's who I want to play against? I, I have to say England because it's my birth country. <laughs> right. I'd get out there and I just know it, it, it would be a, it'd be a very cool experience for myself, but I would definitely want to go out there and challenge those guys. Cool. Yeah, and that would be a great competition. I imagine, you know, with uh, obviously your, your birth nation – and your adopted nation, that's like the best matchup for you possible. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and such rich tradition in rugby as well, when you think about the old school and the new school, right? So there's like, there's a lot of great uh, uh, ways to look at it. But no matter what. I'll, I'll say this. I've got this this tattoo on my chest, which is actually, you can't really see it, but it's an eagle and a rose. Yeah. Oh, cool. There you go. That, look at that. It, Intertwined. It would kind of be perfect if, if I was be. out there playing England, so. Now, did yeah. you design that, or did or did Chance Wangaluski design it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I actually have had Chancey draw up a couple of tattoos for me, but I haven't got any of them on my body. But um, he, uh, yeah, he's a great artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, with that in mind, we've come to the end of our opportunity to be able to sit here with uh, Dylan and learn a little bit more about him, his time in the Major League Rugby, of course, his experiences with USA Rugby included in that as well. Uh, And here on the Rugby Rant podcast show, you know we always aim to be able to grow rugby one fan at a time. He does that by, of course, producing great rugby week after week and an ambassador on and off the field. It has been a pleasure to be able to have you joining us here, Dylan. And before we head out, as I said before, I'd like to be able to give the floor to you to send a shout-out to anybody important. So here is your chance. I will definitely shout-out to my mum and my dad, uh, James Audsley and Michelle Myers. But uh, shout-out to my grandma as well. Um, yeah, shout-out to the whole family, all my family. So 
Um, and shout out to Ryan Mattias because he did drive me to my surgery and he's just been great all around and uh, looking after me in the past couple of weeks. So shout out to him as well. Fantastic. We'd love to be able to hear that. And that's the, the Legion family that you're talking yeah. about, you know, uh, that, that feeling that you're all in it together and it really does have a sense of community. And I'm sure anybody who's played rugby will probably feel the same way about their own teams. And with that in mind, um, you know, you can continue to be able to provide uh, our support within our own rugby community on the Rugby Rad Podcast Show. When you go ahead and like, follow, share, rate, and subscribe, do all the things you know you can do to follow us on social media or through your favorite podcast provider under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. And again, that's at, at Rugby Rant Pod, where you will see us each and every week as we do two episodes. One is, of course, what you saw here tonight is the run parcel kick interview where we put another major league rugby insider to the test at the run parcel kick on this occasion, Dylan ran at everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't pass. He's a bit of a ball hogger. Didn't kick. <laughs> Just thought he's got the ball in hand. He goes straight for the try line. And we love that. It has been a yeah. pleasure to be able to have you with us. 100%. But what we do would not be possible again without great partners. So again, a final reminder, if you like any of the swag you see on screen, whether it be from the AGs, the MLR stuff that you see with Rob, or of course you see the San Diego uh, Legion gear as well, make sure that you go and check out the team at shopmlr.com, powered by the rugbyshop.com to get all your swag for the season and beyond. So on my uh, behalf here as the host of today's uh, rugby rant episode of the run parcel kick interviews i thank you for watching and we hope to be able to see you at the next one my name is ty braga on behalf of scott ferrar in the background rob hammerschmidt and dylan audsley we will see you at the next what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.